All right. All right. Thank you, drama team. Well done. Well done. I hope you... uh, we're hearing some of the different things that were, that were shared, some of the different thoughts and uh, curiosities and questionings that were going on. Uh, perhaps even some of those are things that have run through your mind uh, at different points, or uh, people you know and love have, have uh, challenged and questioned and wondered about those things. We're going to uh, look now, we're going to unwrap Christmas, uh, letting uh, our message springboard off of uh, that great drama presentation Before we do, I neglected to mention earlier, and for this one, I need these glasses. Uh, One of you left your lights on. So it is a Toyota, actually, I can read this, Toyota Highlander uh, X32, looks like LEF. So if that's you, uh, be good to go shut off your lights. Amen. All right, so talking this morning... Uh, about hope, the hope we have in Jesus Christ, the hope that we have at Christmas time. You, you know, these last couple of years in particular have really been a grind for most of us, if not all of us. Everything that we've been uh, experiencing in our world, in our culture, in our nation, maybe there's things personally that you've been going through that have been going on in your life and, and you, you are, are feeling depressed You are feeling the squeeze. Maybe you're feeling the darkness that certainly is out there uh, in our world. And and then when we get to Christmas season, in our secular culture, there is so much that is pressed on us on what Christmas is supposed to be, uh, how we are to do Christmas correctly. I mean, we can watch the Hallmark Channel, and uh, I know there are some, and you might not even want to admit you're a Hallmark Channel addict right here in this room, Uh, but doesn't it portray this picture of just what the perfect Christmas is supposed to be? You know, I mean, sure, there'll be some drama and some upheaval and all of that, but usually it comes in for a landing where we get this uh, Hollywood picture of what Christmas is supposed to look like, complete with the snow falling outside and everything else. So, you know, we can see things like this. Uh, We can see what the marketers spend billions of dollars trying to communicate to us. And, you know, it can create sadness. If we've lost loved ones at this time, there can be a seasonal sadness that we experience. Consumer pressures, you know, uh, things that we're supposed to buy and things we're supposed to do during this season. And then all of the extra holiday events and things that, that will uh, try to crush in on our calendar and really tax our time, you know, creating extra stress. So if we can bulldoze all of that stuff back, And just pause, and that's part of our goal here this morning. Pause and look at the message of Christmas. Uh, It's tremendous hope anytime. But perhaps in light of this last couple of years that we've walked through, uh, it, it will be even greater hope and encouragement for us this morning. It's hope in the craziest, the heaviest, or the darkest of times. So my prayer for us today is that the wonder uh, that that is... All that happens in Christmas, that that wonder would be ours as we leave here uh, and and throughout the year as we move on all of our weeks, all of our months in this next year. So let me begin looking at John 3.16. It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And that's, that's, that's the framework, that's the foundation that we build on when we look at the hope that we have at Christmas time. 
Now, uh, we, we know if we've studied our Bibles at all uh, that actually Jesus' birth is more into the springtime. Uh, but I, I don't know about you, but I think it's wonderful that our planet takes time to celebrate the birth of the Savior. And although the enemy has put all kinds of substitutes and, and uh, our secular culture has put all this press on us that I mentioned, uh, there's uh, probably other than resurrection season, no greater time for us to share the hope that is in Christ Jesus, that the, the Son of God, the, the second member of the Trinity, who always existed, was not created, the, the eternally existing Son of God took on flesh and allowed himself to be born as a baby and to, be, to, be, uh, God, to see God so humbling himself to uh, allow himself to be taken care of this way. You know, there was uh, a man uh, who had many of the questions that we heard brought up by our mannequins here today. And, you know, he would sort of debate with his wife a little bit, and she would go off to church, and she would bring the kids to church, and, and he never wanted to go. He, he would say, it just doesn't make sense to me. So there was one day, uh, the snow was kind of lightly falling outside, very cold day, that a mom and the kids were off to church for a Christmas celebration. And dad said, no, that's okay, I'll stay behind. So as they pull away, he's looking outside, and he notices some of the birds, and, you know, they, they would feed the birds, put out the bird seed and all of that. And uh, he noticed these birds were just so, it was so cold. And he said, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll open my garage door and see if I can get them to kind of huddle into the garage, and they won't literally freeze to death for how cold it's going to get out here tonight. But, you know, when he went outside, put his coat on and everything, and he tried to get those birds to go inside the garage, uh, they, they, um, they just kind of scattered away. They, they wouldn't go in. And so he thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll put a trail of bird seed. Maybe they'll follow the trail and, and, and go into the garage, you know, and then, then they'll see that I'm, I'm trying to rescue them, but only to no avail. He put out the bird seed, and the birds just really uh, did, didn't take the steps. And then he thought to himself, if only I could become a bird and speak to them and demonstrate and show them that I'm here to rescue them. And it was in that moment the light bulb went off. And, and it all clicked. And all of these questions that he was tripping over with his intellectual mind, all of a sudden he said, oh, oh, I get it. And, and, and the, the arguments against how could this be all fell down. And he ultimately found his way to know Christ as a Savior. And that's, that's what Jesus did. He did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. We couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't rescue ourselves from our sin. But because God so loved us, he sent Jesus to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And so as we unwrap Christmas here this morning, I want to share in the context of, of three things that give us hope at Christmas time and all year long. And you're going to see as I go through these things, covers all the bases. The hope we have is a complete hope because of what Jesus did. And so uh, there are uh, note sheets to fill in if you're interested in, in doing that. Um, it, it, I'm going to give you the first one here, the first of three. Because of Christmas, because of Jesus being born as a baby, living on, on this earth, dying on the cross and rising from the dead, because of Christmas, my past can be forgiven. My past can be forgiven. It says in Romans 3, 23 to 24, Yes, all have sinned. All fall short of God's glorious ideal. Yet now God declares us not guilty of offending him if we trust in Jesus, who is his kindness, who, who in his kindness 
freely takes away our sins. So, hey, would you agree with me? We all have regrets. We all have things that we look back on that we wish we didn't do. We can all look back on our lives and say, yep, I see sin there. I see regrets there. And, you, you know, honestly, when it comes to guilt and when it comes to shame, those things can be pretty devastating in our lives, guilt and shame. And people will try to cope with those things all kinds of ways, right? To put a Band-Aid on it. And, and usually those ways are self-destructive. You know, it could be somebody pouring themselves into their work, just driven, driven, trying to just be successful, trying to outrun their guilt and their shame and their past, how, however you want to put it. Others, it could be uh, alcohol, it could be drug addiction, uh, all kinds of different ways, but, but they all have a, a massive price that we have to pay. They're self-destructive. And God knows something that he wants us to know. There's really only one solution to the things in our past that are brokenness, that are sin and shame. And it's forgiveness. Forgiveness is the one and only solution, and God offers it to us freely. Three things that we need to know when God forgives. Number one, it's instant. He doesn't say, well, just grovel for a while, and then maybe I'll think about it, or I'm really going to just run you through the works until I think, you know, you've, you've paid for it. No, when we ask God for forgiveness, it's instant. Doesn't that give you hope here today? Isn't that good to know? Also, it's undeserved. Forgiveness from God, we can't earn it, we can't work for it, we can't beg or barter with God for it. It is undeserved. It's a free gift that we receive by faith. It's through the grace of God. And then third, it's complete. When he forgives us, he says he'll remember our sins no more. He actually tells us that he casts them into the sea of forgetfulness. I just want to share for a brief moment on that. You know, I've been a believer since... Uh, since I was 19 years old, living for Christ since I was 19. And now here I am, uh, 51. And, you know, early on, I'm just, just wondering if anybody else can relate to this, the fact that we have to keep being reminded that it's complete. Because early on, I know I was so grateful in knowing that I've been forgiven of my sin. But as I do different seasons and different stages of life, there are times where I look back on my life and I say, man, I just wish that didn't go down that way. Come on, can anybody else say amen? amen? I look back and I say, oh, I don't know why I'm remembering that now, but uh, it just makes me sad that that's part of my history. You know, and I have to remind myself. I have to still remind myself if I go to God about that. In fact, there are some times where I say, oh, Lord, I'm really sorry. And I've already repented. I've already given it to him. And you know what? God's response is, sorry for what? I've chosen to not remember that. Why do you keep remembering that, right? You know, so even if it's coming from a place of just wanting to be all we can be for God or whatever, there are times, not, not only is it life-changing to recognize that he washes our sin all away, but then as we go through life, we have to keep remembering that. Because remember, there is a real enemy. There is a real devil that's out there, and his desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. And, you know, there's a peace that comes from knowing our sins are forgiven, that our past is washed away, that it's in his hands. And if the enemy can lie us out of that peace, out of that joy, out of that comfort— He'll do it if he can. So it's, it's an instant forgiveness. It's an undeserved forgiveness. And it's a complete forgiveness. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, For if a man is in Christ, he becomes a new person altogether. The past is finished and gone. 
everything becomes fresh and new. I love what they did in our drama here at the end, talking to the mannequin about that Pinocchio story, you know, about becoming something brand new. When we make Christ Lord of our lives, we're not taken on religion. We're not taken on philosophy. We're not taken on morals and ethics. Maybe all those things are included in the package, but the Lord tells us we literally become brand new when Jesus comes to dwell in our hearts. Man, that's good news. And so our past is forgiven. The second thing that happens uh, because of Christmas, my present problems can be handled. Anybody deal with any problems lately? How about this morning? It's only 9.16, right? Yeah, problems are a part of this world, but our present problems can be handled. So not only does he cover all of the past, he's got that handled, but he's got our present as well. And the Bible does tell us, hey, there, in these last days that we're living in, after Jesus died and rose from the dead, we, we moved into this last day season on God's calendar. And he said there would be perilous times, that there would be turbulent times, uh, that, that there would be times of trouble and, and, and so forth. But he said things like, but I'm with you always. He says things like, but it's okay because I've overcome the world. He says things like, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you. And Philippians 4.13 says, I have strength to face all conditions by the power that Christ gives me. A lot of these are verses that many of us know really well, and I chose them in some different, uh, different English translations today just to get a little bit different of a, to, to make sure that we hear it with fresh ears here this morning. I have the strength to face all conditions by the power that Christ gives me. In Romans 8, 31 and 32, in face of all this, what is there left to say? If God is for us, who can be against us? He that did not hesitate to spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Can we not trust such a God to give us with him everything that we can need? He's got it all covered. Everything that we need now. So not only is our past forgiven, not only are our present problems handled, but hey, you probably know where I'm going with this. My future can be secured. Isn't one of the the most troublesome fears that people deal with is looking to the future and all of the unknown that comes with, right? That's another place where the enemy will come in and whisper, right? And he'll say, wow, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this goes that way? What if that goes that way? And then, of course, we can be so thankful that we have the news media to make sure to help us along with plenty of scenarios just in case we run out of any, right? You know, so, so the Lord is letting us know, yeah, there's times where it's dark. Sometimes it's over-amplified out there, but your future is secure in Christ. And, and, and it tells us in the Word, nothing can take us out of His hands. In Hebrews, it tells us this in chapter 2, verse 14. Jesus Himself became like them and shared their human nature. He did this so that through His death, He might destroy the devil who has the power over death, and in this way set free those who were slaves all their lives because of their fear of death. There's a beautiful hymn that I just love, love, love. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. For I know that he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. 
man, that, that, is, that is hope that we have because of Christmas time. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. So think about it. Wow, when we look at gifts that we are given, God says, I've got a gift that takes care of your past, a gift that takes care of your present, and a gift that takes care of your future. And it's Jesus Christ. And so these three Christmas presents for our past, present, and future, let me just spell it out. So three presents from God at Christmas time. Number one, our sins are forgiven. And I know we've said that. So they can be forgiven in Christ when we make him Lord. Ephesians 1, 6 to 7. Let us praise God for his glorious grace, for the free gift he gave us in his dear son. For by the blood of Christ, we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God. Second thing, so, so our sins are forgiven. That's him dealing with our past. Second gift, we have peace of mind and heart. And the Bible says we have a peace not as the world gives, right? There's all kinds of scrambling that goes on in the world, and it's a fragile peace that we get in the world. Sometimes it's just a facade, you know, uh, uh, but God gives a peace that's different. John 14, 27 says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. And then the third gift relating to our future, of course, is eternal life. He gives us eternal life. Romans 6, 23, second half of that verse says, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so, you know, we get all kinds of gifts for birthday, for Christmas, right? Some of them more preferred than others. I'm sure there are some people out there that truly enjoy eating a fruitcake, I'm not one of those people, just in case you were wondering, right? And, and sometimes we get a gift and we look at it and we say, oh, and we think of who will re-gift that too, right? You know, oh, and, and then, oh, but when somebody gives a gift that, oh, how did you know? You know, or sometimes we help them along. I know how you knew. I told you, but still you picked it up for me. Thank you. Thank you for getting me what I wanted. So these gifts from God, think about it. They're personal they come in person in Christ Jesus. You realize this verse, God so loved the world, the corporate world of humanity, yet at the same time, God says, and I know you so personally that I knit you together in your mother's womb. At any given time, I know how many hairs are on your head, and I'm the God that will leave the 99 to go after the one that's wandered because I care about each and every one, right? So it's a personal gift. Uh, it's a practical gift. It doesn't get much more practical. This is exactly what we need. And it takes care of past, present, and future. It's priceless. When we look at the value of the gift, it costs Jesus his life. It costs the father his only son. And I, I don't know, have you ever received a gift that was so expensive that it humbled you? And you said, wow, that is so generous. That is so kind. That, that, that just stops me in my tracks. And that humbles me. That's what we have in, in Jesus dying for us. How valued we are to God that he sent Jesus for us. And then the fourth thing, it's, it's a gift that's not going to bust. It's not going to break. It's a permanent gift that's going to last on into eternity. Can you say amen? So, you know, there are people out there that would say, you know, all, all these different things that they get hung up on because of life experience and what's been in the world and... and uh, Again, lies of the enemy and things that are said in our, in our secular culture. 
But God has told his people, go into all the world and preach this good news, this hope that we have in Jesus Christ to all creation because it is the need of all people. There's nothing else that is more important of a need in our lives. And so this, this morning, I might be speaking to folks who, you know, this is kind of new to you, and you're saying, all right, so uh, if this is the gospel being presented, all right, I'm, I'm hearing what God has done for me, and, and I want to give you an opportunity to respond in just a minute. But there might be others that are here today that are saying, yep, I'm, I'm at church all the time, and, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, I've been for a while, but I, I just suspect that maybe... I, again, I don't know about you, but I know I need to be reminded and encouraged constantly. By the way, God does that as we worship him. God does that as we pray. God does that as we're in his word. But as recently as these last two weeks, health situation came along with my mom. And now instant pressure squeezing in. Things that I was preaching on this morning, hearing the enemy whispering, you know, and having to go back and say, Lord, you can handle my problems now. You got this now. You got our future. And I don't need to have fear. Because his perfect love, he loves us. His perfect love drives out all fear. And I know from the prayer requests that I've been reading that have been coming in, I know from conversations, and again, I know from all that our wonderful news networks are, 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 uh, are, are sharing with us there, that it is a, it's a squeeze time. And there's lots of darkness out there. But you know what? Being aware of that and knowing that doesn't mean that we have to be downcast. And that's why we looked at this here today. Amen? Three wonderful, wonderful gifts that have been given to us because Jesus Christ left the right hand of the Father, came to earth to be born of the Virgin Mary, to be raised as a baby and a child, to live a sinless life on this earth, and then die on the cross for us so that we could be ransomed, reconciled back to God, forgiven and made brand new. To live life with him on, on, on this planet, on this journey we have now, but to spend all of eternity with him. There's so many times in the scriptures where, where Paul or other uh, scripture writers will say some things, and, and then they'll say, encourage each other with these words. This is encouraging stuff. No matter what comes down the road, he's got you. The only qualifier is, have I invited him into my life to be Lord and Savior? That's it. He's saying, I gave you everything. Now you have to let me get on the driver's, side and, uh, driver's seat and be Lord of your life. So, hey, as we close this morning, let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. And, and I just want to uh, pray. I want to lead us out uh, just in a simple prayer. It's a, a prayer of dedication, a prayer affirming, Jesus, you are Lord and Savior of my life. And um, it, you don't even necessarily have to answer this out loud after me. You're welcome to, Christians in the room. If you just want to affirm this uh, together with me, that's fine. But if you're agreeing in your heart, and you're confessing, yep, Jesus, I'm making you Lord of my life. Then he's going to do a miracle here today. Remember we said earlier that it's not about, uh, you know, forgiveness of sin and, and God coming into our life. We, we don't earn our way into it. We don't uh, perform our way into it. We don't barter our way into it. We just have to receive it right as we are. And I said earlier in this message, I was 19 when I made Jesus Christ Lord of my life. I believed in him ever since I could remember, because it was my family religious background. But it wasn't until I was 19 years old that I said, Jesus, I, I surrender my life to you. 
come dwell in my heart and be Lord and Savior of my life. And it was that moment that I look back on where I can say I moved from just believing in him to making him Lord. And when we call him Lord, when we call out to, the, to Jesus as Lord, then he takes up residency in our heart and makes us brand new. So I just I feel a little bit impressed to just share that, just, just to clarify that here this morning. It's not, if there's anybody here today that's saying, I would love to have that, but I have to, and you finish the, you know, I got to clean this up. I got to do this. I got to fix that. I, I got to go get ready. There is no get ready. It's if I believe, invite him in. And then we have this journey that we walk out with God. And he literally walks us every step of the way. So why don't you just go ahead? As a matter of fact, all around the room, again, believers, if anybody is going to pray this for the first time, a simple prayer inviting Christ into your life. Let me, let me just lead and, and let's pray this together. And if this is you for the first time today, you need to know that of the billions of people on this planet, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one person surrenders their life over to God. When one person comes home to the Lord, that still blows my mind. Billions and billions of people, and to think we're here in Tom's River at 928, and heaven could go into an eruption in praise because God cares that much about each individual. So I'm going to lead out. You just pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. And I believe you died on the cross. And you rose from the dead. From my sin and the sin of the world. And so I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to move into my heart. I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. And by your grace, show me how to walk with you every day now moving forward. I thank you for hearing me. I thank you for saving me. Amen. 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 All right. And then just one last prayer. And, uh, you, you know, let, let's just do it this way. Uh, if there's anybody here today that you're saying, life is squeezing me. And I want you to know I'm standing up with anybody who's standing. Life is squeezing me. Just let's, all that don't have to stand up, we're going to pray for those that need to stand up. If you're saying life isn't a squeeze, just stand up for a moment. I'm not going to embarrass you, put you out or anything like that. But anybody who's saying, yeah, there's a major squeeze going on right now. All right, everybody else in the room, would you just extend a hand of faith? Anybody who's nearby, if you're thinking it over and saying, yeah, I want to be standing up, I'll take some prayer. Thank you very much. Amen. So, Father, we are just so grateful for the good news that we got here today. We can be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. Lord, we recognize the enemy is a liar. We recognize that your promises are yes and amen. And so every place where there is squeeze uh, in our lives, we thank you that you are bringing us through. We, we are thanking you that you told us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So Lord, we are so grateful for ministering grace and strength and peace. Lord, we thank you for replenishing. Lord, we thank you for pouring abundant grace and mercy into each one who needs it here today. We receive it by faith and we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.